This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Go Steelers! Go Steelers! Say go Steelers! Go Steelers! Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of the Armchair All-Americans Network. It's January 6, 2019, episode 73. This is Tom from the Washington, D.C. Outpost. Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost. It's day two of the 2018 NFL playoffs, and guess what Nick and I are doing? Not watching football. That's right. We're not watching football, not only because there's no Steelers football to watch, but because the, the pain of wondering what could have been in this wide-open playoff this uh, playoff race this year, it's intense. I, I have found throughout my life that the best way to deal with pain is denial. Denial is working pretty well for me right now, but I think today we're going to have to exercise a few demons because the Steelers may not be in the playoffs, but they're definitely providing a few news stories. And I think uh, everybody at home... Might, might have been waiting for our opinion on this. We've obviously been, and by we, I mean I've obviously been overly active on Twitter, you could say. Maybe expressing myself too much on this Antonio Brown situation that came out of absolutely nowhere for a team that already had so much, so many issues, so many questions, so much drama, so much turmoil once this season ended. And after Baker Mayfield threw that pick, you didn't think it could get any worse for the Steelers nation. And unless like, well, I don't know, what if, you know, Ben or AB decide to become a missionary and just leave the team. Well, they didn't become missionaries, but one of them is doing his very best to leave the team. And now we're sitting here wondering, is Antonio Brown even going to be on the Steelers in 2019? Has he played his last game for the Steelers? The trouble I'm having is when did the Steelers start exhibiting drama like this? I mean, the drama in the past has been not making the playoffs, kicking coaches out, kicking players out, but not, not the antics that the players have. But I guess if I'm realistic and I have been in denial, there's been drama over the last five years. But this, this just takes it to a new height. It does. This is pretty crazy. The Le'Veon Bell stuff, people might want to compare it, but but it isn't comparable. I do think Le'Veon handled the situation publicly a little bit poorly, and he made some bad decisions in how he handled uh, his eventual decision to hold out from the season. But as we said the whole time, like he was entirely in the right from a business sense. The guy's trying to get a contract. The Steelers are using the powers that they have in, in, uh, within the context of the rules in order to try and keep him on the team for the contract that they wanted, trying to use the franchise tag. And he used uh, strategies that were within the rules for his side in terms of holding, withholding his services and taking a chance and seeing what could happen for next year. This is A.B., uh, this is almost unheard of. The guy literally abandoned the team in, in a playoff week. It, it essentially was a playoff game, by the way, for everybody causing a fuss on Twitter over my choice of words. If they lost the game, they would have been eliminated from the playoffs. 
I understand it was a regular season game, but the implication is that this was a huge game that if the Steelers won, they had a chance they would go. If they lost, they had no chance to go. And I think the drama that you're talking about, I think it sort of started when when you become an offensive team, and especially when you have these huge uh, superstars. And you didn't see this happen so much to the to the Rams, the St. Louis Rams, greatest show on turf, or you didn't really see it happen in Indianapolis with Peyton Manning's teams, but... I wonder if part of it's just about the culture, the millennial culture, the players and athletes having their own personal brands and maybe just how things change that way. Yeah, I'd like to know how Pittsburgh accepts this. Unfortunately, I don't live there anymore. I talk to my friends infrequently. How does a, how does a team, how does a steel town, blue collar, gritty, non-complaining city accept something like this? I don't think don't- they do. I think a lot of people are really angry. Uh, this team truly has become like a genuinely dislikable team. Now, I still like them. I like them at this very moment, but it's just constant drama, usually with the killer bees. But don't you think that AB is getting um, kind of a pass? I mean, sort of there, there's more curiosity about what's going to happen than criticism about abandoning the ship. Let's face it. He has one year, one year into a four-year $68 million contract when this came up. It's an insane situation, and you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm almost confused as to why he's not catching more flack for this. I had tweeted about this a couple of days ago or yesterday or something, uh, basically saying that, like, imagine if Ben Roethlisberger did this. It, he would be crucified, quite literally, in the media if he left practice because he, quote-unquote, felt disrespected, or other reports have leaked saying that Antonio Brown felt that uh, – his teammates weren't weren't living up to the standard. The standard was slipping and people weren't working as hard as him, which of course nobody works as hard as him, but that's that's clearly BS. Everybody on that team is going balls to the wall every week. There are no other problem characters. There's just weird, you know, media blow-ups about Ben where they over kind of analyze some of the things he said, or he puts his own foot in his mouth and his damn Tuesday morning interviews or AB as a freak out. And those are the only things that are happening. But imagine if Ben did that. He felt disrespected. So he doesn't show up to a whole week of practice claiming he has a knee injury. The team sends him to go to get an MRI on said injured knee. He does not get the MRI. And then he has his agent call the head coach, which AB had his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, call Tomlin like Saturday or Sunday, and basically tell him, like, hey, uh, actually, AB's good. He can play. He didn't even call him himself. Imagine if Ben did that, and he didn't play in that de facto playoff game. It would be the end of his career. But right now, it seems that everybody's just more interested in what happened, and we are too, and we'll get into that, and where's AB going to go. And some, it's just weird. Some players are media-proof. You know, this would never fly with Odell. The guy punches a kicking net, and it's a scandal for a year. Hey, I wonder whether that uh, knee MRI was just a smokescreen. I mean, I I guess I I believe Tom when he said it sounded pretty – he kind of went blow blow by blow in his interview. But was there – was did this dissatisfaction show itself earlier in the week in the guise of, hey, I'm not feeling that – I'm not feeling that well. I need some time off. Or really, were they trying to work this out all week? I'm sure that there was – like some weirdness probably developing by Thursday, Friday, when I guess he didn't, 
I guess he walked off the practice field on Thursday, but he reported initially some soreness in his lower body, particularly his knee, Antonio Brown, um, which would not be that odd. You, you know, playing on a turf surface indoors at New Orleans, it is very hard on the knee, so totally believable. I don't know. I mean, he, he said for a, you know multiple days in a row that he couldn't practice because of his knee. So I'm sure the team's like, okay, well, his knee hurts. Go get an MRI. I, but either way, we're, we're kind of getting into the minutia of the early details. I'm a little bit more interested in, like, what's, what's next? Because the media, nobody can get this salary cap situation right. You know, if they trade him, a lot of people are saying the team basically has $21 million on the cap either way, whether they have him or they don't. And if they cut him, you know, before, before the March 8th deadline, then maybe they could save some more money that way. But the prevailing sentiment seems to th- uh, be that the Steelers are going to trade him out of Pittsburgh. And I don't know if that writing's on the wall. They did leak, the Steelers did leak that they are listening to trade offers, but it would take a lot to get A.B. out. Yeah, so whereas Le'Veon, we, he had some communication blunders for sure, so some misleading tweets and, and so forth. But he quit the team before the team got started. And although they may have been expecting him this week, that week, or whatever, he never came in and you didn't expect him to show up that day necessarily and just play. The expectation was that A.B. would play. To me, him playing this little game all week and not posting is a, is a betrayal. And until that happened, I'd say bring him back. Bring him back. Who, who cares? You know, so he's unhappy. So people don't like him from, you know, the offensive line is, is ticked off. Everybody's a professional. They're going to play at the top of their game. What AB did by avoiding this game was express his opinion before he, had, he was shown up and had a, uh, you know, he tanked a performance in a game. I don't see, I don't think guys would tank a performance in a game, which is why he played this game to, um, why he played this little charade, not show up. Yeah, he did. So he was able to express himself right. and let everybody know who's in charge. Yeah, no, and he did want to play on Sunday. He showed up in a mink coat and then ended up standing on the sideline when Tomlin told him that that's not how that works. But it's not even comparable to the Le'Veon situation because they just – we can't help it because it's these two – probably the two best offensive non-quarterbacks, offensive players in Steelers history. Not probably, definitely. And um, <laughs> these situations happening back-to-back. But – Le'Veon wasn't under contract. I mean, he was in the middle of, uh, of a huge contract dispute. Antonio Brown gets paid better than a lot of the quarterbacks get paid in this in the league. So I do view it as a total betrayal, and it's, it's odd. It, it, like, relatively unprecedented. I know Terrell Owens forced his way out of Philadelphia a long time ago, but we haven't seen something like this from a player in a little while. Hey, so, you know, people, uh, him saying he's disrespected, there are some facts and yes, Juju had more yards, but do you realize that AB was targeted more times than Juju this past year? And it's only by a couple of passes, 168 versus 166. But this is the third best number of targets he's had in the, AB's had in the last six years. He, I guess you can't really point to TDs. That, that has to do with circumstance and ability. Yeah. But targets tells me that he was getting respected. He had, uh, he had 104 receptions to Juju's 111. Is it a fact that he just wants to blow away the second place guy on the team in terms of targets? Yeah, people have talked about this for years. And if you do follow Antonio Brown, it is pretty easy to tell that, like, listen, these guys, they're professionals. You'd like to say they really care about the the team and the fan base and this and that. But I think they have great relationships with the players they're in the trenches with, of course. But at the end of the day, this is a business. 
And the business of the Steelers will jettison you out if you're not doing well. I mean, look what they did to Troy Polamalu. So it goes both ways. People can't say they want the loyalty from the players. But it does kind of suck to see the way Antonio Brown handles it, which is, like I said, if you follow him over the years, he doesn't care. I mean, win, lose, whatever team it is, as long as he's getting the ball and he has his stats. You look at the statuses people post after games and after losses, and you'll see Juju or guys in the past, Vince Williams, post that something like that wasn't good enough for going back to the drawing board or, you know, haters not allowed on this bus once it gets rolling again. But AB is usually just a picture of himself scoring a touchdown with like a one word motivational <laughs> phrase. So I, I, you know, his interests coincided with the interests of Steelers nation over the years. If he does well and he puts up stats, we're usually winning. So then everybody's happy. And of course I do think he, he, traditionally has gotten along with the people and likes the team. But at the end of the day, it is about whether he's getting the attention for his brand that he wants. And you got to remember that AB's story is insane. I mean, the guy grew up in, um, I'm totally blank right now, in in Miami, uh, Liberty City, one of the most dangerous cities or parts of Miami, got kicked out of his house by his stepfather when he's 16 years old, living couch to couch, had uh, academic problems with eligibility, going to like Florida International University, coming out of high school, eventually got on at Central Michigan, somehow worked up the ladder there. By the way, he's five foot two, so still defying expectations the whole time, gets in the NFL, drafted a couple rounds behind Emmanuel Sanders, constantly overcoming odds. I think that he had to uh, develop this just – I'm not, I don't want to curse in the podcast, this jerk attitude in order to overcome all of these hardships. And so it's not totally surprising to see him basically behave like a psychopath, egomaniac right now and say that he feels disrespected. How much more respect can you get? What did you say? 168 targets? You get paid more than you get paid almost as much as the quarterback. Everything you want. Your team is on a playoff. You should be a playoff team. Your team gets tons of media coverage. You have a Hall of Fame quarterback throwing you the ball a lot. And there's literally not a single thing I could think for him to improve his situation where it is. But, you know, some guys, that screw loose that helps them catch all those extra balls after practice is also, it's double-sided. And it's like, looks like we're seeing the other side of that right now. Yeah. Shadow side to that, to that positive trait. So, the talk of him being traded, let, let's, uh, as you said, we're looking at the salary cap. There's 20 plus million dollars in quote unquote dead cap space. And if you count the money we saved on Le'Veon, blah, 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 this turns out to be a wash. That, that is, that is, so the point is you spent this money. It's sunk costs. It doesn't matter what you do, but can you replace Antonio with anything close to his capability? No, no, not even close. And, and people who think that you can, are either a total homer or totally naive. Listen, there's only one or two or maybe three positions on an NFL team that you can like hedge, that you can that are fungible. The running back thing where you plug James Conner and you plug Samuels in, running backs are they are a dime a dozen. And there are running backs that are better than other ones. Le'Veon Bell is an elite running back, but You've heard this ad nauseum all year, not just from us, but from everybody who follows the Le'Veon and James Conner situation. You can get like 80% of a running back's production for like a hundredth of the cost. What Le'Veon makes more in one game than James Conner makes in a whole year. 
and Connor's numbers were a lot better at the time, you know, before he kind of fell off the cliff with the injuries and all that. But that's because a lot of other things go into a running game. You got five guys blocking for you. When you're a wide receiver, we've seen how that's worked, right? When AB was out in the playoffs against Denver, when AB was out against Cincinnati this week, you're a guy out there and you have to win one-on-one matchups against good players. You can't just plug in Sammy Coates. You can't just plug in Washington. That's a huge hole that they would have if they lose this guy. So I just pulled, yeah, I just pulled up the list of free agents for next year. Top oh, free agent. Yeah. Well, I'm just, uh, just following Sorry. up with a little, some, that, that didn't feel good. Man, well, <laughs> that was just interesting. Feel, top, top three guys, Larry Fitzgerald, Randall Cobb and Dante Moncrief. All right, we'll take Larry, bring him back, baby. Yeah. Bring him home. Let him now, finish up. Things- at home. There's things you can do. I guess we're sort of on this road already. So, like, what do you – long story short, if, if you want to hear our opinion on whether he stays or where he goes, here's my opinion right now. A lot of people are leaning towards trade. The media is worked into a frenzy over trade. It seems like Mike Tomlin's almost forced into a position that he put himself in through poor decision-making. Um, he's forced himself into a position where change is – a necessary part of the equation here for the Steelers football team and big change at that. Tomlin's been getting a lot of crap uh, for the quote unquote discipline of his team over the years. But honestly, man, if you ask me, this incident with Antonio Brown actually shows the exact opposite. It's like, whoa, this is what he's been dealing with. A guy who's making no sense whatsoever. The man who has everything. Like I said, Le'Veon didn't have a contract. He had no security. AB has an enormous contract. He gets the ball all the time. He's on the cover of Madden. He plays for one of the top three most famous teams. Like, and he still just goes AWOL. And Mike Tomlin's able to hold this together with Ben giving press conferences, just revealing team secrets for no reason on Tuesday mornings. And Tomlin's in there saving that the whole time. Listen, he deserves plenty of blame for what went wrong this season he is the captain of the ship he did choose josh dobbs over landry jones he did leave josh dobbs in that game but he didn't throw the interception on the one yard line versus the broncos and he didn't lose games single-handedly with chip shot field goals missed so this team it shows you what tomlin's done but back to my original point about needing big changes it's like this would send the message everyone says the steelers aren't buttoned up so if you get rid of antonio brown that um, I don't think he's really concerned about pleasing a fan base or a media, but that's a big change that would – it would change the culture a little bit in that locker room for sure. But, um, yeah, I don't know how much of this is the Steelers trying to send him a message. I really think it's the Steelers are serious about shipping him, but they're going to need to get an awesome offer. I would assume like a Khalil Mack type deal, like a two first-round pick type situation. AB is a little bit up there in age, but he's a receiver and his game isn't predicated on speed. So I do think he still has a few really productive years left in him. Yeah. I mean, he's still going to be way above the line um, for most receivers. I mean, there are a lot of teams out there who could use him, and they're not going to have, I think they're, and if the Steelers are serious about this, another team isn't going to have to worry about the dead money. No, exactly. And and there, and a lot of, that's our problem. Listen, and, and, and the thing with AB is like, a lot of his success is definitely due to, to Ben, of course. I mean, you play with a quarterback like a Hall of Fame quarterback like that, it's going to help you a lot, particularly a Hall of Fame quarterback with the skill set that Ben has. Ben is not afraid to throw it into tight windows when it comes to Antonio Brown. With other players, he doesn't like to do it as much, but he is very accurate. 
in those situations when he throws these bombs downtown. Just think of that Jaguars playoff game where he dropped those teardrops in with A.J. Bouye dropped over A.B. Ben also has that ability to avoid the rush and kind of extend the play in the pocket. And traditionally through the years, when he extends the play in the pocket, he goes out and he tries to find 84. And A.B.'s skill set is great for that, like a scramble play. He's quick enough where he just makes one extra move and then he gets open. Um, So there are certain quarterbacks – that A.B. would not be as good with. He, I don't think he could have done what DeAndre Hopkins has done with pedestrian quarterbacks in Houston for a bunch of years. But that being said, there's plenty of teams who will be able to figure out how to get A.B. the ball. Apparently he wants to go to San Francisco so badly. Kyle Shanahan will be able to figure out how to get that guy open. Plenty of teams, if not every team, is going to be looking looking for him. So some big right, offers should come through. Let's go uh, glass half empty, glass half full on his departure. What's what's the negative? I mean, there's an obvious negative for his departure, right. but you want to fill in the blank. Besides just sadness and betrayal and less fun watching games on Sunday with beautiful plays and dancing and stuff like that? Uh, well, from a football perspective, it's just what I said before. I mean, you have potentially a top five receiver of all time leave in his prime leaving your team. You cannot funge out. I don't even know if you can use that as a verb that way, but you can't replace that type of production. It's a guy on an island. You, but, and so that being said, like people can, can say you can refocus your team. You have less egos on there. I don't buy into that crap. Listen, I, I think that teams win based on a combination of talent and coaching and strategy that puts that talent in position to win. And then, yes, momentum does become a real thing eventually, and teams do play together and they play for each other, and that is a big deal in a sport that's as violent as this one is. But at the end of the day, it's about the players you have. You don't win with scrubs. And everyone wants to talk about the Nick Foles and the Eagles, but that's because they clearly don't know anything about offensive and defensive lines because they had top three offensive and defensive line last year, and they just mauled people to death. And they had a great run again. So a lot of things went into that. So that's the the, the, the half empty is you don't have a, a superstar on the outside. And um, I just – I don't think that you can have a top five offense without that guy, especially considering the drop-off after him. Yeah, you got Juju. But after that, you, you do have nothing at this point. And you need a great offense – for the Steelers to win a Super Bowl at this point because the defense is still in, in rebuild mode, although I do think they're going to better. That's the downside. I just tweeted out a, uh, a survey, a poll to all the Steelers roster, asking whether they think the team is better off with or without AB. So hopefully they'll get the results by the end of the podcast. I'm sure they'll be, they'll be flocking to that. I'll let them know. So there's a, there is a possibility of some upside if he leaves. I mean, we got to look at the silver lining. Yeah. Get out of bed in the morning. Now we do. So, and here's the the thing that this all sucks because it's like the window is closing here because the window is based on Ben Roethlisberger. And you look at this defense, and you can say it's improving. You can say it's staying the same. I mean, it was improving. And then you lost Shazier. Okay, well now you got T.J. Watt. He's not quite Shazier, but you do have some guys improving. I just still think, from a roster standpoint. You, you have total question marks at inside linebacker. I know fans love Vince Williams, and I think he's a decent starter, but you, you need to upgrade that position. If, even if Vince stays there, you need to upgrade Fort or Bostic if you want a truly good defense. I know people defend these guys. and like, sure, they're okay, but are we, can we win the Super Bowl with an okay to slightly good defense if you don't have a high-powered offense? No, you can't. But 
I'm getting off track back into half empty here. I know that. But I, I think that the defense is improving, and it's sort of like by the time they get really good, Ben will be getting ready to retire. But that being said, you can – you, you do have some more money to play with in free agency this year. You can fill a few of those holes. If you get really lucky, you could package an A-B trade for like someone like a Chris Harris, cornerback out of Denver, who's in – if you could really solidify that position very nicely with the Hayden and Harris combination on the outside. And you could up use the A-B – use A-B to upgrade your roster in that way. And then on the offensive side of the ball – you can refocus your offensive identity to become more of a run-first, heavy play-action team. And I think something like four out of the top five offenses are the uh, teams that use play-action the most. And the Steelers use play-action less than anybody in the entire league, except for maybe one team. So you got a great offensive line. you got a really good running back in James Conner. And um, obviously you got Ben back there and Juju. And you could refocus into like a pounding type team. And that could be very effective. My only worry with that is, is Ben hasn't shown to be very good in that mold since early. He was early in his career, but now he's kind of better when you get to let him wheel and deal and freelance. Granted, he does end up throwing the ball to the other team more in those situations, but you, and then I guess the last thing you could say is culturally, yeah, you might, you might have people buy in a little bit more without, kind of a loose cannon who's seemingly been able to do whatever he wants for the past few years, Facebook live in the locker room or whatever it happens to be. So speaking of changes, there is a definite change that we can point to and a potential change. One I'll just point to is uh, probably already read about this. Joseph. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's all right. Joey Porter. His contract was was not uh, not renewed. renewed. No, that's how you say it. That's how you say it. Yeah, that was a that was a nice way to put it. Sometimes people say they've been terminated. I'm like, damn, that's hardcore. Or like uh, mutually part ways. I guess is the nicest way to put it. The Steelers in the past have often used retired (laughs) for coaches like Arians and LeBeau, who immediately get jobs with other teams, but um, not renewing the contract. I guess that's kind of middle of the road in terms of polite ways of saying you fired the guy. That's what you should do with everybody. Just have contracts to renew every year. So this was an upgrade that we've, well, it hasn't been upgraded yet, but we, we all agreed that Joey needed to go. He wasn't developing players. Yeah. Uh, was that, uh, is that due to the fact he wasn't getting raw material? Not from what we've read about the way he was, uh, his attention to detail, shall we say? Right. You get three outside linebackers and, in the first round and you know, what was it? Five or six years, I think five and two of them are busts. You know, I don't, I don't think you, you would qualify Bud as a total bust. Um, he can still be a useful player if you cut his salary into a third of what he's making now. But yeah, uh, as a top 20 pick, that's a bust, you know, and then TJ is doing well, but uh, there's just too much sample size. You haven't developed any other linebackers behind them. We've known that he's had to go for a while. It's especially a little bit weird that he's so close with Tomlin, so it really seemed pretty obvious that the guy was keeping on um, a coach because of a relationship. So he's gone. They uh, There's been many reports saying that that's not the only change the Steelers are going to make. I mean, by God, if it was the only change, there would be mutiny in the streets. Yeah. Uh, before you leave, Joseph, there was an interesting report by Mike Pursuta. He's a beat writer for the Steelers. So I don't know if you saw this tweet. He said, had a couple offensive players share complaints about Joey Porter late in the season. 
that he was trying to put the defense against the offense in a divisive manner. The approach wasn't understood or appreciated. This looks, smells like a move to address culture and chemistry. Yeah, I think he'd, he'd be gone either way. I mean, just based on production, we've been saying it for two years in a row, right? But Joey, that's what made him such an unbelievable player, one of the most loved players in Steelers history, such a critical part, maybe the most critical part at times of that Super Bowl run for Ben's first Super Bowl. But um, that doesn't sound like a great idea. It sounds like his emotion that he used as a player, you know, it's not going to work for you every time. I mean, look what's happening with AB right now. But uh, – I guess it does address culture, but it also addresses production. You do have to assume Keith Butler will be out finally. Yes, his defense improved a little bit, but just so many. I mean, he's just not qualified. I wish that they could retain him as a linebackers coach because he's good there and people buy into him, which is important for coaches. But uh, there's just too many times where he gets out-schemed. Or uh, We all love to point to the Keenan Allen incident um, as his uh, – the real nail in the coffin there. I would have put the nail in the coffin in his first game when he left Gronk uncovered for three touchdowns, but um, just too many times where his defense is so easy to figure out. And you do wonder how much of the lack of developing players falls on a defensive coordinator like that. I mean, Kevin Colbert drafting the wrong guys obviously is a big part of it, especially when some of these guys were projected, projected as big risks. I mean, Artie Burns, Edmonds and Bud were all very risky players where they were drafted, but looks like Butler might might be on the chopping block. Maybe Danny Smith. We'll see what happens. It might take another week or so. Obviously, we can't really get into who we think is going to replace these guys until they actually um, get ushered out of Pittsburgh, but we'll definitely be getting on that once that happens. You assume it will. So finally, some disappointing news. It looks like um... – well, I shouldn't say, I don't know what their potential for uh, Mike Munchak leaving, but he is getting a lot of attention and it seems that he is interested this year. Yeah, like I said, after that Browns loss to the Ravens, <clears throat> thus securing Steelers um, being out of the playoffs this year, you didn't think it could get any lower. And then the AB thing happened, which, which by the way, I just, what the hell is happening? How is this happening? If you, have you guys ever seen Step Brothers? where Will Ferrell and John C. Riley are sitting on the couch and then, you know, they're like 42-year-old men who still live at home and behave like kids. I shouldn't have to explain this to you. It's a classic movie, one of the greatest ever made. But then the two parents come in, they basically tell them that you guys got to get a job. And they just look at them silently and Will Ferrell goes, what the hell just happened? That's what I've been saying over and over again during this AB situation. But back to Munchak. Well, you didn't think it could get any worse. You lose your best offensive player outside of your quarterback. And then now the key to the secret sauce, Mike Munchak, the best offensive line coach in the NFL, does look like it's it's very likely that he's going to get a coaching job elsewhere, particularly. (laughs) Denver, where he's already interviewed and reports are saying that he has interest there, but he got three uh, interviews. What a team like, seeing an offensive line coach. He, wasn't, he didn't like the world on fire as a head coach, and all of a sudden he has – this is – I hope it's not the Peter Principle. I mean I, I love Munchak and what he did what for the Steelers. Ended. He got some interviews last year. You get that kind it of an upgrade. Like he's you get that kind of there. promotion uh, based on offensive uh, line coaching. Done. I mean he's turned uh, just the worst – perpetually the worst offensive line into the best. And of course they did get some good picks there, some high round guys, but 
hey, Pete Carroll was not successful in his first stint, and neither was Bill Belichick. And uh, he's incredibly – he does something – this is what I say about head coaches. Like, you got to be able to lead, but I like head coaches who do offer something from a strategic standpoint. Like, John Harbaugh, your special teams are going to be good every year, no matter what. And it seems like he's got the, the mind for defense as well. Every year they're good. If you have a team with a guy who can develop an offensive line, pretty much undoubtedly, that's a pretty huge thing. Plus, he's super well-respected. He's also an ex-player, and uh, he does have head coaching experience. Yeah, he didn't light the world on fire there, but it does go a long way that this wouldn't be his first rodeo. I mean, I don't know what we can do if we can start a campaign to keep him in Pittsburgh, but I don't know if it's going to happen. It's crazy. Hugh Jackson gets fired and gets immediately picked up by a division competitor. Well, that what was they seeing? <laughs> that okay. Was All right. Yeah. Okay. I, I missed that. Got it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I got to change. Sorry about guys. We have to change the whole vernacular in the playbook. Yeah. Well, guys, they're, you know, I don't know what Steelers' future is looking like right now with this AB thing in the air, but obviously. There's a lot of room for improvement. It's exciting. I, I you don't want to. I never want to see a guy get fired. And Keith Butler is such a cool dude. He's got such a great Alabama draw. I don't know how you can't like that, but you can't get the job done, man. And like we pointed out, we didn't know how much the offensive strategy could improve from Haley, and it improved a lot under Feetner, especially in that red zone, which is critical. We pointed to that before we knew Haley was going out, like how can this offense even improve more? Because even with the killer bees and all the production, it seems like they underachieved. They're, they weren't consistent. We said, oh, well, they could get better in the red zone. It seems like they get a lot of yards and they don't score. Well, they did. So by the same token, getting an upgraded defensive coordinator, especially with how bad Butler was, it wasn't like he was okay. I mean, there were just enormous problems. So the Steelers could really improve if they get the right guy there. And then it sounds like, you know, whether AB stays or go, they, they will have some latitude with some money to bring some guys in. And I know people like to say that the Steelers aren't active in bringing players in, but I don't think that's necessarily the truth. I think that they chose the best guys they could bring in this past year. There, there wasn't an amazing free agent crop. And then the year before, they brought in two of the best players on the team, Joe Hayden, or two most reliable, Hayden and Vance McDonald. So I do think we'll see them try and make some moves, but we got to see the dust clear on this AB situation first. And I don't think, I don't know, my feeling is that it's not going to, not going to clear for a while. I could even see a situation where they try to keep him and he just holds out. I don't know what type of penalties besides obviously not making the money he would have, but he's crazy enough to do it. So this could be really messy. I, for one, really hope that they patch it up and find a way to keep them there because I think both parties are better when they're together. Well, the upside is that Steelers Outpost podcast will have fuel for future episodes. We're also going to be keeping a tight watch on Mike Munchak and other potential coaching changes. I have to say this episode went longer than we had anticipated. We're going to knock it off on Saturday, Sunday afternoon as a way to avoid watching any football games. But it's been pretty cathartic for me, and I see that we have a lot to talk about going forward. Plenty. Yeah, it's just starting. Hey, so check us out on Instagram at Steelers Outpost. Follow us on Twitter. It's it's getting heated on the in the tweetosphere. So tweetosphere. I like tweets. <laughs> at Steelers Outpost. Check out the website SteelersOutpost.com or shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Until next week, thanks for listening. Go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye.
I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. JJ has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.